You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. Family, this morning I want to minister predominantly to believers, to Christians, to remind you that you have one life to live for Christ Jesus. And that life is so dear. Everything that we do as a Christian, we do for Christ's sake. But so oftentimes we allow our situation and our circumstances to dictate our direction, pushing us out of the lane that we are running in so that we cannot run that race with endurance. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Hebrews chapter 12. And I'm reading from verse 1. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside... Every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author, the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Family, the Bible teaches us here that there are certain weights and sins that so easily ensnare us. What is the thing? That ensnares you so quickly. Remember, Jesus Christ died for that very thing. He died for our sins. He died for those heavy weights, those burdens that we often carry. The book of Matthew 11 teaches us that those that are heavy laden with burdens, that they should come to Jesus. If you want those things removed in your life, come to Jesus. It's one touch from Jesus that disconnects you from your past, disconnects you from sin, disconnects you from unrighteousness and iniquity. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Isaiah 6. I'm reading from verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Family, I want to remind you that we serve a holy God. The angels are singing holy, holy, holy. They're declaring that the whole earth is filled with the glory of God. I want to encourage you and remind you that God wants to fill the earth with his glory. Verse 4, And the post of the door was shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. So I said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away, and your sins purged. Family, one touch can change everything. Allow the Lord to touch you. Turn to him, come to him, and you'll see that heavy burden, that yoke will be removed, and his yoke is easy, and his burden is light. Verse 8 says, Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am, send me. Can you see before the Lord will send you on an assignment? 
He will empower you. He will touch you with a coal from his altar. The Lord is ready to use you. When I read this, I'm immediately reminded of Peter and Luke chapter 5. Remember when Jesus came to him and the miracle was done? When he was in God's presence, he said, Lord, I'm a sinful man. Isaiah said exactly the same when he saw that the Lord was holy, experienced that holiness. He said, I'm a man of unclean lips. And I'm among people who have unclean lips. I think that's true of our society more than ever. People just saying what they want, posting what they want, tweeting what they want. Unclean lips going out. Isaiah said, I realize that I'm among those with unclean lips. And the angel came and touched his mouth with a coal from his altar. Family, when the Lord touches your mouth, your tongue, with a coal from his altar, he'll start to declare the oracles of God. In Isaiah 6 verse 1, we see that it's in the year that King Uzziah died. Now, King Uzziah was a man that lived an upright life before the Lord. That's what the Bible teaches us. He wanted to do what was right. One life for Christ. He was living it. But there came a time in his life. In the book of 2 Chronicles 26, the heading says, Pride entered his heart. Obadiah 1 verse 3 teaches us that the pride of my heart has deceived me. We see here that King Uzziah, where his desire was to live a holy life, to live a life for God, went into the temple and he wanted to offer incense to the Lord. Family, from a natural point of view, the priest even said that it smelled nice. It was good. From a natural point of view, you can say, but he just wants to burn something that has a nice fragrance, a nice offering unto the Lord. But the priest said to him, what you have done is wrong. You're not allowed to do this. This is reserved for the sons of Aaron. And the Bible teaches us he got angry. He lost it. But that did not influence anything. God smite him with leprosy. And the priests had to remove him to outside the city. We see a similar thing like this in the book of Numbers chapter 12. Aaron, Miriam, brother and sister of Moses wanted to have a family discussion with him. Numbers chapter 12 verse 1, you can go read the whole story there, where they spoke against Moses. Now family, from a natural point of view, there's nothing wrong to have a discussion with your siblings. They wanted to discuss with him the matter, why did he marry an Ethiopian woman? And you can do that. He was the junior. She was his oldest sister. You can have family matters. The problem was not what they did in the natural, but their heart's attitude towards the things of God, which God has declared holy. Moses was the servant of the Lord. He was called by God. Their comment was, is he the only one that can hear from God? Have we not also heard from God? That was not the issue. The issue was not hearing from God, but the attitude towards the things of God. The Bible teaches us that we have to be very careful when it comes to these things. You have to allow God to touch your tongue with a coal from his altar. Our attitude towards holy things 
in this race that we are running for God is very, very important. Those things that so easily ensnare us, those weights that we allow in our lives, remove it out of your life. It was when the Lord spoke to Isaiah and said, have you seen my holiness? It was then that he realized and he said, I'm of unclean lips. Lord, touch me, change my life. Family, your heart must be right before God. When the Lord asked Isaiah, have you seen my holiness? His first response was, Lord, I want to lay aside this sin. My unclean lips come and cleanse it for me. Family, God looks at your heart and he sees that attitude. Many times we do things from a natural point of view that everybody would say is great. But God knows what's going on in your heart. Remember Saul and David. Here are both men. They are kings. Both of them messed up and sinned. But it was their heart's attitude that impacted their destiny, the race that they were running. It was Saul when he had to wait for Samuel to bring the offering. He couldn't wait. He got impatient. And he did it himself. It's so wonderful to know that God still gave him the victory. God still gave them the victory. But when the prophet came, he said, what have you done? Why didn't you obey the Lord? He said, I've obeyed the Lord. We've gone out to battle and we've had the victory. And Samuel said, but if you've done what the Lord has said, why am I hearing these goats bleating in my ears? Family, From a natural point of view, Israel was happy they had the victory. They had plundered the enemy. They were rejoicing. But privately, Samuel said to him, Does the Lord have delight in your sacrifices? He's more pleased through your obedience. It's about the heart attitude, what God sees. David, the sin that he committed was almost... Worse from a natural point of view, he committed adultery, and then he had the husband killed. But when the man of God said to him, David, you are that one, his response was to drop his king's cloak immediately, fall on his knees and repent, and say, Lord, I've sinned against you and you alone. He wanted to lay aside that weight, that sin, that had ensnared him. He said, but Lord, I know your blood will wash me, will cleanse me, will sanctify me. Oh, Lord, do not let your Holy Spirit depart from me. Because David knew he was not a giant slayer, but he had a friend in the Holy Spirit that disposed of giants. Can you see that it's all about the heart? King Uzziah, he didn't want to repent. He got angry. He lost his temper. He even rebuked the priests. That's how you dare you tell me I'm not allowed to do this. But family, it's our heart's attitude towards God and the things of God. I want to talk to Christians that hide behind their personalities. Christians that say, well, this is me. This is who I am. I want to tell you that Jesus Christ died on the cross for you to take on his personality. The word personality comes from the Latin word persona. It's like an actor, movie actor, that takes on the persona of a certain person in the role that they are playing. 
They might be a friendly person, but now they have to take on that persona, that personality of an aggressive person. Many people have allowed their personalities to develop through situation and circumstances. Many people have allowed their personalities to develop through vows that they've made in their hearts. Vows that are not pleasing to God. Vows to say, I'm going to protect myself instead of allowing the Lord to be your shield, to be your protection, to be your exceedingly great reward. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18 teaches us that while with unveiled face we are being changed. Family, if you don't take off that mask, that persona, you'll never be able to change. God looks at you and he sees the real you. The truth is Jesus has died for you and Jesus has died for me so that we can become like Jesus Christ. Matthew teaches us, come to me and learn my ways. Come to me and learn my ways. King Uzziah did not want to learn God's ways. But the Bible teaches us that Moses was prepared to humble himself and take on the character of Christ. Remember, when he was in Pharaoh's courts, there was a lot of strife, fighting, aggression. And Moses grew up in an environment where he became a hothead. He was a ruler, could say what he wanted, do what he wanted. Nobody could challenge him. Family, it was that very hot head that caused him to kill a man. Remember when he realized that he was a Hebrew and he saw an Egyptian treat his brother in a wrong way. In his own strength, he killed him. His temper took over and he killed the man. And he had to flee for his life. It took 40 years for the Lord to prepare him. Remember, the Lord appeared to him in a burning bush and said, Moses, where you are standing is holy ground. Things are about to change in your life. I'm preparing you. And when he was in that holiness, a word of the ground is holy, he responded with the same heart as a Zion. He said, Lord, I cannot do that. I'm nothing. And the Lord said, now that you've realized that you are nothing, I can use you. Family, it's not your ability, but it's your availability, allowing the Lord to work in you and through you. And the Bible teaches us that Moses was the meekest man that ever lived on this earth. Matthew 5 verse 5 teaches us that blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. It was that meekness that's required for us to inherit the earth. Not aggression, not being a hothead. Moses was a hothead. But God had to change him into his likeness. Meekness. It's one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. He could have very easily said, this is who I am. I'm a hothead. But he changed. And God could use him as a mighty instrument. I want to talk to young people if you are seeing somebody, starting to date somebody, and the person tells you, this is me, take it or leave it. My advice is to leave it. Because if the person is not prepared to change, it's not going to be a happy 
relationship. You have to allow the Word of God to change you from glory to glory and from strength to strength. Christianity is all about changing into His likeness from glory to glory, from strength to strength, from faith to faith. So allow the Word of God to change you and to impact your life. Moses, on his journey, leading God's people from Egypt to the promised land. He's now walking with the Lord. The Bible says he is the meekest man that this earth has ever seen. Moses understands how to declare the name of the Lord as holy. Hallowed be your name. Matthew 6, when the disciples asked how to pray, Jesus taught them and said, Hallowed be your name. Your name be holy amongst us. Your name be glorified amongst us. Family, the name of Jesus wants to be glorified in you and through you. We see here Moses leading God's people. And God is angry with them. He wants to destroy all of them, kill all of them. Moses went and he stood in the gap. Not a hothead anymore, not getting angry anymore, but walking in that meekness of the Lord. And he said, Lord, you cannot kill them. What will the people say? Your name needs to be hallowed. Your name needs to be glorified. And because Moses knew this, understood this, the Lord did not kill them. Family, when you allow the name of Jesus to be glorified in you and through you, even those that are stubborn with a stiff neck that the Lord would have destroyed, when you stand in the gap in humility and sincerity of heart, the Lord will change everything concerning that individual, that person. In our nation right now, I want to encourage you. It's one humble man, one meek man seeking God's face. That one person interceding, standing in the gap can change everything. Let us allow the name of Jesus to be glorified in us and through us in everything that we do. Family, I want to encourage you to finish strong. Remember Moses did the miracle when the people were thirsty in the desert, they wanted water, and the Lord said to him, strike the rock. And Moses did exactly that, and water came out. And a miracle was done, and the, names, the Lord's name was glorified, magnified. His name was hallowed in the midst of his people. Forty years later, Israel again, murmuring and complaining, they want water. The Lord is prepared to give them water, but Moses gets angry. The Lord says to him, speak to the rock. But he takes his rod and he hits his rock. Family, water came out. Once again, from a natural point of view, a miracle was done. Everybody was rejoicing. Everybody was happy. But the people did not realize that Moses had missed it. Moses missed it. He allowed his anger, that sin from the past, the thing that used to ensnare him, to ensnare him again. It became a weight in his life. God always honors his word. 
and glorifies his name. That's why you'll hear people will say one day, I've cast out demons in your name. I've healed the sick. I've prophesied. But the Lord will say, I do not know you. Family, that assignment that God has given you, are you faithful to that assignment? Are you committed to that assignment? I remember 1997, as I was praying the beginning of the year, I said to the Lord, I want to get involved in business. You've trained me. You've equipped me. I have the knowledge. I can do this, Lord. I remember the Lord speaking to me and saying to me, if you go into business now, you will never, ever see ministry. And you'll be successful, and I'll bless you, and people will know that you're a successful Christian businessman helping the work of God. But between you and me, you'll know that I've called you to be a pastor. I said, Lord, but how can this be? Where are people like that? The Lord showed to me and said, that person was called for ministry, but he's successful in business. That person is called for ministry. He's successful in business. He's glorifying my name, but between me and him, he knows the truth. I believe the truth is also concerning ministry, that many people are in ministry that should be in business. Family, in the same way, God spoke to Moses and say, speak to the rock, but he hit it. It was between God and him. Many times people can even pray and you can see breakthroughs and miracles in their lives. But family, between God and them, the truth will be revealed in heaven one day. Listen to your conscience in this race that you are running. God wants to help you and perfect everything concerning you. I remember even when I was in ministry, at a time, a serious commitment was asked from the pastor towards the other pastors. I said, Lord, I'm here. You've called me to ministry. That year, 1997, I actually went into ministry. And I was so excited knowing what God was doing in and through my life, seeing his word being fulfilled, committed to the ministry. The pastor asked us for a 40-year commitment. I said, Lord, I'll make the commitment. In my heart, I knew that God had called me to move to Pretoria to, to have a church. I said, Lord, I've made this commitment to the man of God. The only way I can be released is if he releases me, Lord. I know I went to the Lord. And there was one scripture in my heart. I said, Lord, if this is from your hand, from your throne room, this is the scripture he must read, Lord. Philippians 2 verse 20. My wife didn't even know about it. It was between me and God. Your way before God is very, very important said, Lord, I need this scripture. And I remember the morning when he opened his Bible in a meeting and he said, the Lord spoke to me, I have to send one of my pastors to Pretoria. And he opened his Bible and he read Philippians 2 verse 20. He said, you know already God would have spoken to you. And I said, yes, pastor. That's the exact scripture. My wife didn't even know it. It was between me and God. That's how I know that God has spoken to you. Family, that's our God. We have one life to live for the Lord Jesus Christ. Our conscience before God in our calling is very, very important. Paul said, my conscience towards God and man is 
clear. In this race, it's important to honor the Lord's name. Are you still sensitive and obedient to the will of God in what God has called you to do? Remember, it's not how we start, but it's how we finish. It's not how you start, but it's how you finish. So make sure that you finish strong. Run to win. At school, they teach you often, it's, it's how you play the game. It's not if you win. That's a lie. The Bible teaches us that we should run to win because there's a prize that we can obtain. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of 1 Corinthians 9, verse 29. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things now. They do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Run this race to get the prize. Remember, there's no competition in destiny. I'm not competing against the person next to me. I'm not competing to the person on this side or this side. But the race that is set before you, run it with endurance. Allow the Lord to work in you and through you. Moses, in his race, caused a weight to distract him. Caused that sin of a hot head to ensnare him. And he acted out of his flesh instead of allowing the Holy Spirit to work in him and through him. Moses missed it when he did not obey the Lord's saying to him, speak to the rock, and he hit the rock. The Holy Spirit is here to help you. You have to know that Jesus is your personal Savior, the one who died for you, because when he is your Savior, he's also become your coach to train you in this race that you are running, to encourage you, to strengthen you, to equip you. Remember, the Lord will never send you out to do anything if he's not empowered you. He said to the disciples, wait until you've received power. He touched Isaiah's mouth with a coal from his altar and sanctified him, purified him, purged him, so that he could speak the oracles of God. The Bible teaches us in Philippians 1 that you must have this confidence that God is busy working in you to help you. That the good work that he has begun in you is going to complete it. Not only complete it, but he's going to perfect it so that you can finish this race strong. If I can close by this and just share some secrets in finishing strong and running this race to endure until the end. Remember, Paul wrote in Hebrews 12, he said, looking unto Jesus, the author, the finisher, the perfecter of our faith. Family, when you are running, keep your eyes on Jesus. But it's when we start focusing upon these things next to us that it slows us down, makes us run this way and that way. Look unto Jesus. The passion, the zeal, the fire that you've got on the inside, the love for the Lord Jesus Christ. Let your hatred your passion, your zeal, be equally against sin. Hate sin 
in the same way, the same passion that you love God. Family, when you see sin for what it is, you'd want it out of your life. Many times, people love the Lord Jesus Christ. They love Jesus, but they still cherish things of the devil. That's the weight. That's the snare that hinders you from running a straight race. Stay away. Stay away from the sin that so easily ensnares you. Remember, you have Jesus here to encourage you and to strengthen you. In the same way, go out and encourage your brothers and your sisters. Go and encourage people concerning this race. When you speak to people, ask yourself, are my words filled with grace? Remember, grace is Jesus treating us better than what we deserve. A matter of fact, grace is Jesus himself helping us, working in us and through us. It is grace that brings people to Jesus. It is grace that empowers people to run this race for the Lord Jesus Christ. Family, we have one life to live for the Lord Jesus Christ. And that life is so dear to him that he is ready and prepared to help you to run that straight race by God's grace. Selah. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ. Loving God. Loving people.